this is an anti-Thargoid inspection. Thargoids? Here? Yeah, we knew it. Corporal, search these people. That one looks like a Thargoid. Oi, hands off, I haven't got eight sides. Nah, so you admit you know what they look like? Everyone knows what they look like. Um, what do they look like, if you don't mind? Uh, we're supposed to be looking out for them. So what are you searching for if you don't know? Uh, Thargoidy things. And we think you lot look suspicious. Lou always looks suspicious. Look, we're not Thargoids, we're radio presenters. Likely story. That's just what a Thargoid would say. How do we know you're not Thargoid agents? Look, it's easy. We'll prove that we're radio presenters. Our mics are live. Fair enough. Seems legit. Carry on. After all of that carry-on, it is time for us to settle down for the show. That security captain seemed a bit eager. Who hired them? I think Alvin is being very cautious. What with the Marlinists and the Xenophiles and the Federation. Not to mention the Don's agents, though I'm sure they needed to be as though they did. I mean, how small do they think Vargoids are? And why would one be hiding in my... Knickers! I pinched my script upside down. We're in zero gravity. Just put your chair on the ceiling. Good thing I'm wearing my Velcro trousers. Um, uh, no, you mean velvet. No, Velcro lets me stick to anything. Uh, I think we should just stick to the script. It's all gone to muggery. Fake one spotted. Battle boxes, battle bravely to your box. Post box, that is. Change my cockpit? That's handy, Andy. Dastardly Don attempts lave takeover by the back door. Ah, uh, who didn't do it of epic proportions? We haven't got a clue, though. Atrus 5060 appears to have woken from his slumber. I'm confused. There's hot pit news. And I've got more than a mouthful to chew over from community news. First tonight, thanks to Commander Fosdyke, Hutton have uncovered fake ones. We all know there's nothing like the real ones. When someone drops the fake ones on the table in front of you, there's the initial joy at seeing them. But then the slow realisation that what you're seeing is a product not of hard work, healthy trucking and dedication to PWP, but of getting quick results whatever the cost. Yes, we're talking about mugs. Commander Fosdyke, celebrity freelance photographer and digital artist, was called to Anthony de la Roche Gateway Station in the G123-16 system to some rather exclusive quarters to photograph Tina from Spade Security, relaxing after a busy shift. 
Tina has become a minor social media celebrity over recent weeks and until recently has shunned face-to-face contact. But that didn't stop eagle-eyed Fosdyke's eyes being drawn to something very interesting in her bedroom. Yes, on her desk was a fake Hutton mug. Not one of the glorious metallic mugs that warm your beverage in frameshift, but a dodgy knockoff. Discreetly inquiring where she had had her mug made, Fosdyke was given an icy stare before being asked to turn his recording equipment off and vacate the premises. It didn't go unnoticed that the floor of her quarters bore an awfully close resemblance to shipboard smugglers' lockers, and computer screens showed order details for shipments being sent throughout the galaxy. Is Tina a persona, a nom de plume, a pseudonym or a sobriquet crafted to hide some significant wrongdoings? Is she the driving force behind the plethora of fake muggery going on? Mods is a serious condition. Mug ownership deficiency syndrome was thought to have been eliminated throughout the galaxy after Hutton's hot mess brought supplies to every station. But this blatant fakery reopens the risk of it rearing its ugly head once more. Hutton truckers are on high alert for agents of spade. If you're in receipt of a dodgy Hutton mug, identified by not actually warming up in supercruise, and of course the handle being the wrong way up, please contact Hutton security right away. In the meantime, hops have been sent to the G123-16 system to try and locate Tina, but as of yet, her whereabouts are unknown. Military leaders across the galaxy have had to put invasion plans on hold, postpone defensive actions and stand down from red alert this week as contemptuous couriers conspire to confuse them. Spider-Man games have heroically defeated three of the four horsemen of the Kickstarter apocalypse to get their battle boxes sent out to eager generals and warmongers across the galaxy this week. They amassed allies to defeat fundraising, used their superior tactical brains to outwit fake copyright claimer, thwarted printing company and are now squaring up to their final apocalyptic foe, the courier. The final boss in this epic challenge to get battle cards battle box to you is Winged Wellies, Courier of the Dogs. The courier has brought in the best mercenary non-delivery drivers armed with while you were out cards and super long helping hands so they can ring your doorbell from two metres away and get back in their hauler before you make it to the airlock. They have been winding up their throwing arms to ensure your parcel overshoots your garden and lands at the door of your neighbour two doors down. You know, the one with the gigantic dog who likes to guard and sometimes eat parcels. Using sat-nav lottery software, they may deliver to your planet but equally may deliver to someone called Unreadable Squiggle on a planet of a similar name 3,000 light years away. Winged wellies are so bad. Oh, hang on, that's the door. I'll be right back. Hi. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Oh. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay, crap. Uh. Help, can someone. Sound the emergency battle bug machine. My battle box just arrived. We're pleased to be able to confirm the rumour that Changing Rooms is coming back, resuming after the lull since the millennium. 
Yes, we know, the millennium didn't start until 3301, we're not savages, but this sounds better. And this time there's not a whiff of MDF, no ruffled cuffs, and not a glimpse of Charlie's. Oh no, that was the other one, wasn't it? What I mean to say is that we hope no one will be making a tit of themselves. Commander George has brought style into the world, or rather galaxy, of interior design, namely your cockpit, in the form of Elite Dangerous HUD mod, EDHM, now up to version 1.31. With this mod, you have 15 cabin lighting colours, 10 shield colours, 6 ship hologram colours, 3 target reticules and 3 distributor combos. You can also dim the HUD and lighting to your preferences. Currently the colours are not user editable but that's planned for a future release. The author says, if you haven't heard about EDHM before, it's essentially a HUD modding technique on PC that doesn't require any XML changes. This means we can change the colour of HUD elements without the nasty side effects of discoloured portraits and icons on the radar. It also means we have more precise control over the application of colour to each element. We've also dimmed the lights in the cockpit that shine directly in your face, and by request of the miners, reduced the intensity of warning lights when in close proximity to asteroids. The mod also enables coloured lighting effects in the cabin. The ambient light really changes the mood of the pilot's environment, from relaxing blue to TIE Fighter Red and lots of other colours in between. Now we at Hutton think this looks like a very exciting project and the Pilots' Federation have said that they are fine with the mod so long as it doesn't provide an advantage over other players or mod their ARCs related assets. Not provide an advantage? If having the coolest set of colours and soft, sexy lighting is an advantage, I don't know what is. You can find information on Reddit, and we've created an easy-to-follow link. It's bit.ly slash pimpmyhud. As Commander Wotherspoon might say, the community work out how to change all of the colours nicely so the Pilots' Federation doesn't have Lave Station has been all a Twitter this week after one of their tech monkeys mysteriously melted. Eddie Lee Wise of Eddie Lee Wise and Sons, plus his daughters, good friends to our sister station and Taylor amongst the stars, launched an appeal for an emergency spare tech monkey immediately, reaching out to anyone with the right number of digits to push all the buttons. We need help, he said. Our tech monkey's looking a little rough. He's gone to pieces, quite literally, and we haven't got a spare monkey in our cupboard. Are you the kind of commander who loves mashing buttons on a Tuesday in the hopes that it all goes right on the night? If so, send your application to Eddie Lee Wise and Sons, plus my daughters, and we'll give it the attention it warrants. Right, sign here, sir. Under the bit that says, Lave Radio can't be held responsible for disintegration at the hands of Camorra pirates. Just a formality. Early indications are that regular tech monkey troop, Ben and Norm, are both okay and not needing reconstituting from a big puddle on the floor. In suspicious circumstances, dastardly Don Antonacci was the first to volunteer his services as emergency broadcast simian leading many to speculate that it was indeed the Don who melted the team member to leave an opening. With recent publication by the Pilots' Federation claiming that they 
and not Station Commander Stroud were responsible for the annual LaveCon event going all hollow, there are rumours that behind the scenes, the Don is attempting a sneaky coup of the system. Investigations have reopened into a series of disappearances of regulars from the airwaves, including Second Technician Fozza, Station Commander Stroud, and others. Are they being kept in the dastardly Don's dreadful deep dingy dungeon? Are they incarcerated in his foul fiend's oubliette? Will they survive his not-so-tender touch? And have they been sent to Jurassic World to fight their way clear of genetically engineered mega-monsters from Aeon's past? We're yet to find a reporter brave enough to go and investigate. But we've advised our sister station that the sinister ministrations of the Don are cause for consternation. And they should think long and hard before letting him loose on their buttons. Was it the engineer in the shipyard with a monkey wrench? Or Mrs Peacock in the docking bay with the engineer? Or maybe Mr President in the bedroom with an Imperial Lady of the Night? Current shenanigans in the Federation are sending around a big game of musical blame. Fingers are being pointed, there is more denial of Egypt, and everyone seems out to save their own skins. President Hudson of the Federation is, as of yet, not directly implicated in anything to do with anything to do with the murders. We'd stick to you stick the word allegedly on everything if we remembered, but appears perfectly content for everyone from hard-working engineering crews to fleet admirals to take the blame for absolutely everything. With the death penalty still an option in the Federation, in fact, as far as we can tell, the only place it isn't in use is an independent space where all the civilised people live. Everyone involved in Starship One is scrambling to save their own skins, and in a gnarly plot reminiscent of the most convoluted Miss Marble's tales, attempting to pin the blame on just about everyone else they can remember. Where were they at the time of the incident, having their hair done? Were their names on the button of the sign and the bottom of the signed order? Must have been a fake. Do they realise exactly who had the most to gain from the assassination? Current rumours are that the Federation inner circle, all funnily enough mem- uh, family members of the incumbent president, are attempting to link the years old disaster to the far more recent NMLA attacks on stations. They're looking into whether, like the Empire, they can find a popular engineer to pin the blame onto, but as of yet, they all appear to be squeaky clean. Apart from the Sarge, who gave the interviewer a dirty look before getting him a flying zero-G headlock and asking him if he felt lucky punk. We still think the Sarge is innocent, just a very, very angry man. Commander Witherspoon and his agent sidekick, sidekick Beetlejude will be getting to the bottom of this. Their office wall looks like one of Spider-Mind's webs with string-linking images, pictures, maps and objects from edge to edge. Of course, staring at it like one of those magic eye pictures isn't going to tell us what the blazes is going on. But for the fourth week running, we're still convinced that President Hudson of the Federation did it. All we're missing is the evidence. Good evening, trackers. Does this thing still work? Good lord, it's been far too long since I had to dial into this frequency. Calling all truckers, calling all truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in with dire news on the return of the Thargoids to the Witch Head Nebula. 
it would seem the nasty bugs have launched a surprise attack once more after Operation Ida, which the IDA has been enjoying their success in repairing all the damaged stations in the galaxy from the last time the Thargoids invaded. The invaders are president, president, they're present too, in multiple systems throughout the nebula, and they need to be pushed back into the black. Aegis is nowhere to be found, and the Alliance Defence Force seems to have run away as well. It's up to us independent commanders once again, trackers, so we're calling on the redeployment of Hackswing to join AXI. Or is that Axie and its allies in, in the effort to drive the Thargoids out of the Witchhead Nebula once again? The battles are already underway in Honoros, Lembas, Haki, Wellington, and Shenvi. Good luck out there, truckers, and don't forget, do what Flossie says, as she's been paying an awful lot more attention than I have. For the mug. Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. Sir? Sir? W wake up, sir? <clears throat> S sir, we have a Thargoid alert. Atrus 5060 just sent it over. <clears throat> what? We haven't seen anything from them since February. What is it? The, the Witch Head Nebula, sir. Witchhead's been crawling with them the whole time, Corporal. I'm going back to bed. No, no sir, th this is different. The Alliance Expeditionary Pact is seeing a, a massive increase in activity, and they're afraid this is the start of a new invasion. Okay, Riley. Hand that bulletin over. Right. Okay. All right, let's get an announcement put together. Wait, Riley? Why is the recording light on? Oh, oh well, I, I was just trying to, to let you sleep as long as possible, and I was getting everything ready before I woke you. <sighs> okay, Hackswing, time to shake off the rust. Thargoid activity in the Witchhead Nebula is on the rise, and we need to stomp it back down before Tharg gets any ideas. As usual, Aegis is AWOL, so it's up to us to take this on. Hunt out non-human signal sources in the Witchhead systems of Oneros, Lembus, Haki, Wellington, and Shenvi, and sell off your combat bonds at Golden Stag and Oneros. With all the permit-locked systems around the Witchhead Enclave, it can be tricky to get in unless you have a ship with some jump legs. A 25 light-year jump range should be sufficient. You can always jump there in another ship and have your AX ship ferried in if needed. If Thark hasn't made any changes, Threat 3 and 4 signal sources will have scouts, and Threats 5 and higher will have large numbers of scouts, interceptors, or a mix of the two. Good hunting, Hackswing. Watch your six and keep your eyes on the signal sources. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. It sounds like Lou's a little under the weather today. So I'm standing in for him this week. What a week he's chosen to be absent without leave. First, Operation Wolf Hunt. Now, what was supposed to happen was an expansion from wolf to wolf. What actually happened was that the political team misfired a little 
helped along by a two-day BGS holiday where they lost the calculator. Instead, we ended up in Narensis. Narensis isn't a nice high-tech system with beautiful stations and lots of juicy outfitting. But it is somewhere that we wouldn't mind taking, mainly because there's absolutely no one else there and no one has stuck a flag in it yet. So, in Alvin's name, we're going to plant the Hutton flag and add it to our large list of little systems. War it is. And what's war good for? Taking influence. Give it a few days and then break out your best battle cow. Talking of battle, over in Barnard's Star, we appear to have lots of bad people doing bad things and have been pushed into civil unrest. So anyone who wants a warm-up gig before we get to Narensis, go and sharpen your skills on pirates over in BS. Avic is running a little low, so needs a bit of a boost. And Wise is a little high and needs a good smackdown. Over in Hanky's colon, we've got over one outbreak, but due to a rash of not washing hands properly and face masks with your schnoz hanging over the top, uh, there's a pending one over in Pythias. Uh, influence over in E.L. Procol Centauri and Hutton Moon is looking a little low, so if there are any commanders inbound with data, it would all be much appreciated. As usual, for detailed instructions, look on our Discord channel or ping the hanky. It's a busy time for community-led activities, so sit, make sure you're sitting comfortably, and I'll begin. Sunday saw the sixth race in the Elite Races 8WD SRV Endurance Championship. The race was a 92km sprint between Selburb Escape and Custo Barracks on Skinfaxi 3D. In first place, it's no surprise to see Shea Blackwood, who finished at 15.52. Second was Skur. 450 behind and third was Donald Anderson at 609 behind. It was a brutal course and seven pilots failed to finish, leaving the route strewn with the debris of their attempts to cheat fate and if there had been any atmosphere it would have been tainted with the faint whiff of disappointment. Despite that there are still some unexplained stains on the dusty ground. A highlights video is promised soon, TM, and this race means that Shea Blackwood has opened up an unassailable lead over his closest rivals, Alec Turner, Skirt and Osashis, and, spoiler alert, will inevitably be taking home the gold at the end of the championship. Alec Turner was disappointed that Shea Blackwood would not be getting a close-up view of what a silver medal looks like, so Alex offered a peek at his. As consolation prize, Alec Turner was awarded first prize in the Take Pictures of You Getting Second Prize competition, with the SPVFA OK, so it was for a community group shot, but we're sure we can see him looking at the silverware in the cockpits of his SRV. The last race in the series takes place on Ninsun on Sunday 25th of October. It's a short 68km sprint but it's now been extended so they have to go there and back with the final points being split between the two halves. 
Details will be in the Buckyball Racing Club 3306 Discord channels. Next, we have a report from Commander Dan DeRyan on the inaugural Newbie Tuesday. On the 13th of October 3306, Paladin Consortium premiered its Newbie Tuesday series aimed at giving players new to PvP a crash course in combat starting with the basics. This inaugural event drew a good amount of participants who had varying ideas of what to expect. Our teacher for this series is Commander Mike Metallic of Warriors of Word, who have been friends with Paladin Consortium. We would like to thank Mike for his enthusiasm and determination in introducing them to the wonderful world of PvP. The evening started with an introduction, getting to know the commanders and their ships before they were paired off ready for the sparring to begin. Much gunfire was exchanged and valuable skills were learned, from ensuring module priorities were set correctly, to boost turning, and tips on how to effectively engineer a ship to be effective in combat. With the first iteration of Newbie Tuesday a success, Paladin Consortium would like to invite all to the next session, which will be on the 10th of November 3306. To sign up, head to our Discord at bit.ly slash Discord. Until then, fly safe, Commanders. Here's a report of the state of play in Operation Wolf Hunt from Graham MK. Operation Wolf is paused. We have expanded to our and are pending war. It will go live tomorrow. Win we stay, lose we leave. The faction we matched with was at 2.79% yesterday, so that was lower than the 3.65% we had LP at. The screwy BGS ticks over the weekend hampered our plans. There are no player factions there, so we're having it. TLDR, war tomorrow, gonna win it and then go for the system. Then resume Operation Wolf. And even before, even more from the Buckyball Racing Club 3306, here's early notice that on the 21st and 22nd of November, it'll be time once again for the Speedball. Speedball 4, where to steal from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you learn that there is an art to flying, or rather a knack. The knack lies in learning how to throw yourself at the ground and miss. Three years ago, Commander Primetime Casuals found that high G worlds can break the speed limiters built into ships, and he achieved over 9,000 metres per second in normal space during the first speedball. The event location is HR 6164. ABC 1, a beautiful world of 3.3G, just a short way from Seoul. Details are in the forums. There's a link in the races Discord channel, but we've made a short link to make it easy to find. That's bit.ly slash speedball4. That's the number four. Coming up in just over a month's time, Commander Yannick tells us about Expedition Mercury's Wings, DSSA, 
Deep Space Supportery, which starts on November the 22nd and lasts until January the 17th next year. An expedition from the amazing canyons of Pomish in the Bubble all the way to the far side of the galaxy, through over 60,000 light years of beautiful space and on a voyage to explore new star systems, all the while taking the DSSA's new fleet carrier Shepherd's Dream to its resting place in the outer Scutum Centaurus arm in the galactic northwest. This expedition will be open to commanders from all platforms of PC, Xbox and PS4. Explorers who are new to expeditions are very much welcome to join us on this journey. As are all the veteran explorers, adventure seekers and downright crazy pilots. This expedition will take place within the Fleetcom private group and within private groups for the Xbox and PS4 platforms. It is recommended to have a 40 to 50 light year range for this expedition, although it would be possible to complete it with only 30 light years of jump range. We've set up a link to make it easy for you to find. .ly slash wings. That's Mercury's wings, but since there's no p- punctuation, it looks like Mercury swings. <laughs> and that marks the end of the marathon list of community organised events past, present and future that we know about. If we've missed any of that, you've seen or you've organised on your own, get in touch and we'll be glad to include your event in our news. Thank you very much indeed to the news team. Crikey, that was a big one. <clears throat> oh, thank a you. A really big one. Wasn't it? It yes. was. <laughs> yes. In fact, Flossie had the biggest one of all there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no, no, I, I had both. heard that. <laughs> yeah, well, anybody who says, no, there's nothing going on in the galaxy whatsoever. It's positively <laughs> bubbling over the top. Certainly, yes. Goodness me. We're, yeah, we're going to have to turn the heat down a little bit. My word. Well, okay, well, in the studio, obviously, we have on the decks this evening, for the second time, it is fully qualified tech monkey, Palantir. Good evening, Palantir. Good evening. <laughs> and how are your buttons looking this evening? Gleaming. 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 Alvin, stop it. <laughs> Hey, you've even you've even got Alvin Alvin's mute button on and off there. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much for uh, for seeing us through the difficult bong bit there. Um, we're going to catch up with everybody a little bit more in a minute, but we've also got Amelia this evening. Hello. Are you feeling seamless, smooth, smooth like a baby's smooth, bottom, with a bonus schmoo on the smooth, smooth with a capital schmoo. And next to Amelia, we have the Apology Officer. Hello. With with new mic as well. This is the second week with your new mic. Second week worth it, yeah. 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 I can't call we it can new hear anymore. You in your, your full glory now. Oh, God. Never mind. <laughs> I, can, I can only <laughs> apologise for that now. <laughs> and and obviously, obviously, you were like, no, no, I, I can stand aside this week. Now, of course, you can't stand aside. You've got a new microphone. We need you. Uh, yeah. yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you very much and uh, we're also joined as ever by commander flossy 
Good evening. Hello, Flossie. Go on, are your vocal cords going to survive this? Because you've got, you've got a Flossie's bit coming up in a bit too. I have, haven't I? Yes. <laughs> Hopefully it'll last, yes. Yet more detail. So we've got the return of Atrus 5060. I can't remember, when was the last time, we, was it February we last heard from Atrus 5060? I think it was. Around the last time we really heard from him, we, we didn't just make stuff up, yeah. Mm. Oh no, the Atrus did pop into ECM, I think, as well in March. But of course it's still March. It's um, Apology officer, it's now March the... <laughs> March the 279th. <laughs> right. Yeah, march the lot. Um, but yeah, so it's really nice to hear Atrus 5060 back. We did get a message earlier when uh, when the news broke that Thog the Mighty had woken up from his hibernation. Uh, there was sweary. There was lots of sweary word in the <laughs> message. And then we got a message from Hackswing as well to say they'd fallen asleep too. <laughs> but they're all awake now. Um, we do have a special guest in the studio as well joining this evening. Uh, we're going to come and say hello properly to Malice XR3 in a minute, but we're just going to say, Hi, Malice, are you there? Yep. yep. Presidente. We'll introduce Malice properly in, in a bit once we've gone through a little bit of the banter, but uh, Malice is joining us as, as the new hot boss from Hotbox. Oh my goodness, what have you let yourself in for? Um, right, so just, I mean, just just recapping on the news a little bit. Um, go back go back to the beginning, really. The fake mugs. Yeah, oh, what was that the about? The picture. Yes. Now, there are two pictures, aren't there, that have been circulating? Yeah, and I swear only one of them's got a mug in. I certainly didn't well, spot just, a mug in one of I them. I never spotted well, the mug in the other one, no. <laughs> no. I, I don't think enough people were paying attention in one of them, so I think Commander Fosdyke did have to go and ask Tina to go and put a few more clothes on. It wasn't that sort of photo shoot. What do you mean, a few more? You mean, <laughs> well, put some. some clothes on? <laughs> yes. I think there was a piece of string and possibly a piece of gauze, and that was all in the yes. first one. But no, he, uh, Fosdyke did have to go and ask uh, Tina to go and put some clothes on just so he could actually publish the photograph without getting blocked by every social media account on the planet. Um, but yes, it, it, some eagle-eyed person spotted a mug on the desk, and it does have a bit of a Hutton logo on it. it but there's something, something wrong about Hutton. Yeah, there's something wrong with that mug. It's, not it's got, it's got a funny bottom. bottom. It's wrong. It's got a funny bottom. Yeah, it, it, Hutton truckers don't have skinny bottoms, and it's a white mug. It's Definitely not. A not. Mug. <laughs> Well, there are, there are. I mean, the Hutton Orbital radio mugs are white with blue writing, and then there's the original silver mugs and the special gold mugs. So, yeah, the colour, it, it could be a prototype of a new one, but having a skinny bottom tells you everything you need to know about that mug. It's not for us. No, it's definitely not for us. And, of course, there are many of you who weren't paying enough attention to what was in the background. But, yes, those smugglers' panels under Tina's feet there and the screens full of shipping manifests. Yep. So we, we have asked Commander Fosdyke to let us know whether he's got any other information on, on Tina from the Agents of Spade, which is what they're calling themselves. <laughs> I have no idea where they dug that name up, but... Um, but we should want people to be careful because one other thing that I did notice was a bloody big handgun on the bed. Yes, I mean, who takes a handgun to bed with them? Yes. <laughs> More to the point, who has only one boot? Because there was one boot next to the bed, but there was only one boot and she wasn't wearing the other one. Well, maybe those are the boots on the other foot. But no, I mean, so we're going to find out more whether, whether Commander Fosdyke's got any other pictures. But thank you very much to Commander Fosdyke for going to interview Tina for us. If you haven't seen those photographs, um, sensible head on for a second. It is uh, Commander Fosdyke is an artist and a digital artist and has created some, some really stunning pictures from uh, um, 
from his own mind, but inside stations, looking out over docking ships, that sort of thing. And they are absolutely beautiful. You can find them over on on Twitter. And we'll probably try and dig out a link so we can let you see them. But uh, you're really well done to Commander Fosdyke. They are beautiful, beautiful pictures. So moving along, we've then got um, the Apology Officer brought us a little article about delivery companies. Oh, yeah. Specifically, winged wellies. Winged wellies, yes. <laughs> They're on a mission from dog. <laughs> but yes, the, the, the specialist non-delivery driver that manages to lob things over the neighbour's fence, leave it yeah. tucked under a bush somewhere, put it in your wheelie bin, that's a good one, on the Some day before bin day. Extra, yep. extra long helping hand so they can ring your doorbell from the seat of their van. Or their hauler, there, sorry. There is really good news that the battle cards appear to have started landing there was a small batch that went out originally i think i think hanky got one um i got one but the rest of the battle cards from our very good friends over at spider mine games have now started arriving we've seen i think dead meat gf the reason he's not here this evening is because he's playing with his battle cards mm -hmm. hanky's well, that's the excuse hanky's got with. two now hanky's got two mr yeah. cow's got four what yes He's not got enough. He's not got enough arms and legs to to, to play with. Play with. I'm going over to his house tonight. I know where he lives. <laughs> well, if it wasn't for lockdown, and and yeah, and of course, some some total muppet saw that they were arriving and they were oh, this is rubbish. I can't play with anybody because I'm locked in my house. If only there was a computer game version of ED Battle Cards. And then I thought about what I'd said, and then I felt like a right tit. Oh, I was dear. going to say, and is there? <laughs> what? Is, well, looking at the Elite Dangerous logo and the flight sticks on on, on my starship here. Yeah. What a what an idiot. <laughs> so, yes, there is a version of Battle Cards you can play on your computer. It's called Elite Dangerous. Yep. And you can get um, it, if you want. You can have it with with VR. You can have it in four K. You can have it with a number of different flight systems. You, you can have it just playing with your thumbs with with yeah. Malice XR three. If somebody else is using the yeah, if somebody else is using the computer, you can you can have it on your your Xbox. You can you watch can it on stream your it telly. to your phone. You can stream it to your phone. Yeah, you could even be like Beetlejuice and just draw it in chalk on paper. Yes, you can do colouring in. <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean you know everybody thinks that the news is made. It's not entirely made up, but uh, the one that did um, catch Palantir in my eye was this. Um, a late dangerous HUD mod. That sounds lovely. That sounds mm. really nice. I just Did you, has anybody been had a, actually had a look about what the what the what the commander's actually done and how the, how they've done it? Nope. Right. Well, normally speaking, you go and you, you edit a file and you just say change the whole color palette. You know, you, you just go in, you you tweak it, and you can use things like Doctor Kai's tool, which is an excellent tool. I mean, there are loads of great ones out there. Doctor Kai's is great, and you say oh, I want the the blue one, and it changes your HUD to blue. And the trouble is, all of your targets are no longer red; they're sort of yellowy, and then the portraits of all of the um, NPCs is it's basically like putting a blue filter over or red filter over your eyes so it does change it but it's not perfect what this commander's done um is they've actually got a, it's almost like an overlay they actually sort of intercept and, and overlay the correct colors and and change the palettes for individual elements live with some very very clever programming so they don't change the whole screen they just change for instance your radar and it's 15 different colors isn't it it was 15 cabin lighting colors so your ambient yep, so, lighting so 15 shades of gray for you 
You know, 15 for shades <laughs> of purple for me, yeah? And of course, the, when it says, you know, 10 shield cards, what it means is the little shield circle, you know, around your ship, and the ship holograms can change, and the target reticles can change, distributor combos. So there's there's loads of stuff you can change in there. Now, one of the things was, oh, doesn't this doesn't this uh, affect my, my frames per second? Yeah, I mean, if you're running it on a potato, you might find a slight blip in your frames per second. You know, your eyes might go a bit juddery occasionally. But on your average computer negligible change but it is it's worth looking at they did check with the pilots federation whether it was legit and they said no it's cool with us as long as it doesn't affect um things like the uh, the paint packs and you know what i mean stuff that's actually mm. um people have paid for in game as well yeah uh, which it doesn't but it is beautiful so bit.ly slash pimp my hud the fact that it's up to 1.31 before we even noticed it i think this has been no pun intended done under the radar for a while until it was looking sharp it must have been, must have been, and it sounds like it is pretty cool. So it sounds like it does a lot. It's something people have been crying out for for ages. But of course, for 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 the Xbox and PlayStation Four people, it's still not available. No, We'd still love to have it done properly. Oh. That's not for the likes of us. Oh. No, you get orange, orange, or slightly orange. more orange. Yes. What you can Talking do though is, if you want to change the colours of your huds, you can put, you can buy yourself a packet of Quality Street. <laughs> and you get the you get the wrappers, you get to eat the sweeties, but you keep the wrappers and what you do is you put them over your eyes. Ah Oh yeah, yeah. You see? Yes. Except if is is it boxes of quality street or the other ones that they've managed to stop putting one of the chocolates in them anymore, which is terrible. Quality oh, street. I don't know, because is it quality street? I know mm. one of them's all foil. Yeah, well, no, they've 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 decided because of because of lockdown they couldn't make one of the chocolates, so they've started shipping the boxes missing. The, the, was it chocolate fudge ones? Oh, the, is that is the just... green triangle? Oh, no, I can't remember which one it is. Ugh. Anyway, could, uh, we got Notorious, a Notorious just... STD says that's how we used to make 3D glasses. Yeah, <laughs> you go. You see, that's yep, science and, and, that is. And they're actually installing it now. It looks pretty sweet. Well, it, it, it does. Funky Abigail says, I like big mugs and I cannot lie. I, I'm sure there's a song lyric in there somewhere. <laughs> um, so, so talking of orange, by the way, and, and Xbox is being stuck with orange. Yes, Lave Radio, um, one of their, one of their uh, tech team caught fire and melted and made a big mess mm. everywhere. So they were appealing for uh, an extra tech person, a bit like us. They do have a bit of a rotation of team. Palantir's on this week. And he's he's getting his buttons ready for the next bit. Am I? But oh, Palantir's right. on this okay. week, and of course we've 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 got MC Funky Norm who does other weeks, and of course me these days. But yeah, they lost one of theirs, and the very first person to put their hand up to help was Don Antonacci. That's suspicious. That's yeah. suspicious. I, I think they should hold him to that. <laughs> I think they should take that as as a cast. Iron concrete boot promise that one. You'd have to be careful. He'd come in and he'd do stuff to them. He would just <laughs> do stuff to them. Oh, bad stuff. Yes. Yeah, mm. bad things. Um. So, so yeah, and then there's, there's loads of events, Flossie. So we've got the DSSA stuff with Commander yeah. Yannick. Uh, a big expedition out there. It's very popular that one. Uh, Buckyball Racing and Alec Turner trying not to sulk over coming second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Dear. Um. If you've never done one of the buckyball races, I mean, the, these guys are are pros. I mean, there is no way on this earth I'm going to keep up with them. The the, the way they drive is just outrageous, but it is really good fun. So if you do get the opportunity, or you find yourself at a a spare weekend, go racing. It's really good fun. Hmm. 
We did it across the planet for 24 hours once, didn't we? Or about oh, five we hours. Did, yeah. If you if you weren't, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Ian, <laughs> who didn't manage to take a long, long, long time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, and then, then of course we got a happy birthday. We hope on happy birthdays. But the the one that popped up on my uh, list was to uh, HCS Voice Packs' founder and maestro Paul Watson. Is he the really sweary guy from two years ago's ECM? Well, yes. I, I think you don't need yes. the end of that sentence. Is he the really sweary guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the, yes. He, he is the sweary guy, but uh, Dave wrote the, this script uh, at ECM saying, oh, yeah, Paul will do this. And Paul got really embarrassed sitting there having, having to swear at the table. I think it was in, in front of a lady. He did. He can't do that. Yes. He went all red. I think it was directed at a lady. (laughs) I mean, the point was, it was was typecasting. You know, I'm not the casting professional that he is. I just found, I need a sweary person. Paul sweary, that will do. And then I gave him swear words to say. Mm -hmm. And then he did did at one point stop and say, who effing wrote this effing (laughs) script time? Effing swearing all the way through it. We went... Yeah, you've picked the right guy for that, David. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah absolutely. No, but ha- happy birthday! And, and um, yeah, we, we did. I did catch up with him this morning, and he, he's having a, a a reasonable day. Is it happy birthday or happy effing birthday? No, it, it, it's ha- happy big effing oh, birthday. Oh, is that a big happy effing birthday? Big it's, birthday, Paul. It's a big effing birthday. Yes. Is he sixty already? No, 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 no. Oh God, he's going to kill you now, or me, or swearing you. <laughs> No, no, he, he, he says he doesn't look a day over 40. Mm-hmm. So is he 40? But apparently he's, he's baby-faced. <laughs> um, right, well, it, it's time to, to go across. And I, I'm going to hand over to the apology officer, as, oh, as you know Malice XR3 very well, to, to introduce and interview our new hot boss for us. Yeah. We've got President Swaziland from... He's the new hot boss. How you doing? Ah, uh, nice about. Good. Good. Have you have you bedded yourself in yet? Just about. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> has Corey run away screaming, or has he been dragged away? Because I did see the guys with the with the white coats and the the dart gun and the big butterfly net waiting outside his house. I think, as I understand it, I think that chase is still ongoing. Yeah, yeah. I did hear that he's going to wait a sanatorium for a while, but you know, he might be back by now. You never know. Uh, this is true. Yeah, and we've we've uh, we've been you've been dreaming up some um, some campaign promises that you've now got to keep, haven't you? Like a ravenous yeah. a ravenous ferret for every Xbox commander. Yeah, because everybody needs a ravenous ferret in their life. Yeah, twenty five percent off at McThargoids. Yep. Yep. Free karaoke in every cabin. <laughs> yep, with the exception if, of my own, but yeah. yeah. And if that didn't get you elected, what will? This is true. Yeah, you fool. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, Malik, Malice, just to, just to hop in, obviously on behalf of the the, the rest of Hutton. Yeah, well, welcome aboard the team. Oh, cheers. It, it means we'll probably be plaguing you for the uh, the next twelve months with all sorts of missions for Team Hotbox. Yeah, but no, it's it's you yeah, do it's, have a team backing you up a little bit. It's it's not a, a hot boss isn't a solo effort. You you do have millions. No, we don't do we don't do like just one platform anymore. Every mission's a hunting mission. Yep. It just means that you've got the loud hailer yelling yelling at the, <laughs> the hot boxes, stroke, stroke and, and things like that, yeah? yeah loud hailer and a stun button, that's all he needs. I have the unenviable unenviable job of herding the but herding the cats of Team Hotbox to do the thing. 
So the very first question I've got is obviously Van Manenstar. Ju just as you were taking over, things went wrong in Van Manenstar. Yep. And somebody somebody pushed the sublime order of the mad monks of Van Manen, who share you know O'Connor with with you guys, um, yeah. up into a, a bit of a conflict with us, a bit, a bit of an election. It was it was sort of friendly. Is that all sorted now? Yeah, the, yeah, VMS is pretty much back under control as you were. The monks yep. are doing the thing, smelling the, getting off the faces of the insects and washing incense and washing the habits and such. Oh, we can't have filthy habits if you're at O'Connor. No, and, and have they given you the keys to the Alvin's Paw yet? Because that's your that's your team fleet carrier, isn't it? That um, you've been using for events. Yeah. Well, I'm but I, get, I anybody I know got, where it is at the moment? Have you lost it? No, I know. No, I know where it is. It's in Ayalakwari at the moment. Uh, well, we won't ask any questions, and then you can't tell us any lies about exactly what it's doing in IL Aquarii yes. is, is, yes. Um, yes. But obviously, yeah, we, we've got, we've got, um, are, are any of the, the Hotbox team sort of hacks wing experts as well who enjoy a bit of Thargoid bashing in their spare time? Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, there's a few, there's a few amongst us who like a bit of bug mashing. I mean, my most recent one was having the right ID, but 15% hold a ramic to insert the keel back into it, intercept his eye. Oh, ouch. Well, it look, um, well. yeah, so obviously, you know, we'll, we'll be seeing posts from you occasionally on the Facebook, maybe on the Discord. And but if anybody wants to get in touch, it is very much a, a team effort. So, you know, the, the other team around, Corey is hopefully still going to be around after after they've given him some of those good drugs and um, soothing music. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the important thing for Xbox commanders is, uh, number one, join the squadron. Yep. And to join the squadron, you do have to be on the Hutton Helper, which does work on consoles. Yes, that it does. Uh, uh, number two is you can join the... There's an Xbox team chat that you, you guys have got going. Yep, there is. We do have a, our Hotbox chat, so if you drop a ping... So if anybody wants in, just drop a ping, tag either me, the apology officer, quick. Chris, Corby, and one of us will get you. One of us will get people added into that. Yeah, and and you have a private group as well for organising events and all getting together without sort of the vagaries of open and trying to do matchmaking in in open. Um, I, I think the, the Xbox one is it called for the mug the uh, Xbox private group. It is. Yeah. Well, so if anybody wants to join that, to send a friend request to the gamer tag for the mug, and we can take it from there and take it from there. Yeah, and a bit like with the PC one, you yeah, I mean, it's not checked up to the second. It's it's on a sort of regular intervals. You pop in and check it every now and again. But yeah, we have a few people that have access to the accounts that gets checked period periodically. Sounds good. And I mean, have you got any grand plans for the year? Any any achievements that you want to? You know, is there if there's one thing you could achieve with the next twelve months as hot boss, what would it be? <sighs> Begins be with P and ends in hermit. <laughs> Yep, that's the one. <laughs> not putting words in your mouth there at all. Is that put uh, all this behind them and become a hermit? <laughs> could be, yes. Yeah, that'll pop. Yeah, that'll probably come in. That'll probably come in twelve months when I'm taking off in the jet black hole. Jet black hole. I'm running away. <laughs> it'd be. It'll be your leaving present to everybody in twelve months' time. Is look, I found a permit lying around on the floor somewhere. <laughs> yep. Yes, it, it is. 
it, it's a bone of no small contention that obviously the Sublime Order, the man, Mad Monks of Van Marnen, um, do do have the permit authority, despite the fact that they they don't want it. And yeah. uh, and Hutton, who who has control over the system and does want it, can't have it. So um, we'll be applying thumbscrews to the Pilots Federation for the next twelve months with with your help. Yeah, for for all else feels, I think if I can always bring in the new a few bottles of Nuki Brown and right, go that way. I haven't tried Nuki Brown in... Oh, my goodness gracious. Lovely stuff. Oh, I haven't... I'm probably not since I was a student. But, look, thank you very much for coming to join us, uh, Malice. And uh, Malice XR3 is the commander name on Xbox as well. Feel free, if you're on Xbox, to sling a friend request over to Malice XR3. Yep. And, um, obviously, we do have the Apology Officer on standby for any reports of any of your first missions. Yeah, that reminds me. I'll get a bit. I'd better get the bulk order of staples in. <laughs> well, look. Thank you very much for joining us this evening, uh, Malice, as well. And obviously, you're welcome to hang around for the rest of the show, listen in, or just you know tune into the radio station, whatever whatever you you see fit. Because uh, we we need to sort of start uh, thundering through some of this enormous amount of content we've got coming up in a minute. Um, any other messages before I hand over to um, our our maestro and our and our first song? Have I forgotten anything? Um, no, I think we've pretty much covered everything I can think of. That's all right. Well, look, good luck for 12 months. And if you need anything, you know where we are. Yep. Right, so everybody else, have I forgotten anything else for the talky bits or are we good to move along? I think we're fine. Yeah, well, well um, coming up later in the show, obviously, we, we, as usual, we've got a song, we've got a sketch, we've got an advert, we've got some Wotherspoon, we've got some Amelia with the Galnet Food Digest, and of course we've got Flossie with the CG News, the exciting CG News of this week. Um, but it's time to get on with the rest of it all. Um, coming up is, yes, the man who can put an entire galaxy to shame when it comes to digestion. It's Commander Wotherspoon, and the one, the only, Galnet News, of course, ably assisted by his assistant Beetlejuice, but first a song. I don't want to steal any of Flossie's thunder, especially as Lou's not here and she's got a lot of pent-up energy in that pan-wielding arm. So I'm just going to say this. The station's on fire by our good friends, the boarding crew. Yeah. 
this week's Community Goals News. First of all, last week's CGs both finished at 6am UTC with neither side completing the tiers. Uh, that was uh, yesterday. The fight for the Empire with the regulatory state of Aquada completed three out of five tiers with nine billion two hundred and twenty nine million nine hundred and eighty thousand two hundred and sixty nine credits earned by three thousand one hundred and sixty four participants. The fight for the Marlinists with the Duduascles Empire League completed two out of five tiers 
with 14 million uh, billion 109 million 280,712 credits earned by 3,907 participants. From what I can tell, this means that the Marlinists will have two megaships available to flee the system. I need more, I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> New CG this week. Repel the Thargoid attack in the Witch Head Nebula. Um, Thargoid vessels detected in Alliance control systems within the Witch Head Enclave. The Thargoids have reappeared in the Witch Head Nebula and are swarming in large numbers through the Anorus, Lembas, Haki, Wellington and Shenvi systems. <clears throat> 16 systems within the nebula were colonised last year to form the Witchhead Enclave after a successful initiative to locate fresh barnacle sites. This initially triggered a hostile reaction from the Thargoids, but their presence was relatively low until now. Captain Warren Lamar, head, head of security for the Alliance Expeditionary Pact, put out an urgent call for assistance. If this Thargoid assault is not repelled, it may spread into a full-scale invasion throughout the Witchhead Enclave. Neither Aegis nor uh, the Alliance Defence Force are able to deploy in time, so we ask all independent combat pilots and anti-Xeno squadrons to come to our defence. The Alliance Expeditionary Pact has confirmed that it will offer generous rewards to all commanders who assist with destroying Thargoid vessels. Now then, the top 75% of contributors will have Guardian Frameshift Drive boosters unlocked and a size 4 module put into storage for them at the Golden Stag by the 24th of October. I'm very jealous because I don't do combat and I'd really like that. Anyway, to be eligible for rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before handing in combat bonds at the Golden Stag in the Honoros system. And that's this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Thank you to Flossie. Uh, we have breaking news before we go back to the proper running order, handing over to Vantian, and then it's time for the Galnet News. We, we have absolutely up to the second breaking news. Um, yes, uh, a matter of only a couple of hours ago, um, Commander Cully um, put up a picture on our various news feeds of an astonishing handcrafted oak-based nebula lamp that he created. I don't know whether anybody else here saw that in our... Uh we're showing it out at the moment. Um, literally dropped it on at the last minute, said, right, I've just finished making this. I'm going to tidy it up. 9.30, um, I'm going to announce who's who's basically bought this for charity. Everybody starts sending me the bids now. And I was like, well, it's, it's going to be the middle of the show. <laughs> no pressure so, then. Yeah, with no pressure then. So we went out there, we put it all over Twitter and um, and the Facebook and the Discord and, and just said, look, if you want this, put bids in. All the money's going to go to Special Effects and Cully will um, post this out to you um we we do have an amount raised of 101 pounds for special effect 
Nice. Nice. I mean, it, it is, it's a one of absolutely beautiful lamp. I don't know if you've seen pictures of these things. I mean, it, it changes color and it just like the real nebulae. I don't know how, whether that, that's some kind of a, a, acrylic is poured in there, and I have no idea, but it looks absolutely beautiful. And he's even 3D printed a load of cargo canisters and actually embedded them in it as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> But congratulations to the winner. I'm not going to. I'm not going to name names because you know that's that's not really fair on those that have um, been bidding. But the winner will know who they are because they won with um, a bid of 101 pounds. In fact, there were two people that bid exactly the same amount. So the first person who bid the 101 pounds is it's actually going to. I will leave it to Cully to to properly announce who it was. And you know, I don't want to you know out out people for spending money on stuff if, <laughs> if their other half's listening and they're in big trouble or that kind of thing. <laughs> but no, um, and it was a message from Baz came in saying thank you very very much to Cully for for doing that and raising some pennies for special effect. So that was our breaking news. And now it's broken. And I'm very very <laughs> very very jealous because it's absolutely beautiful with that oak base. It is stunning. Mm, yeah. Nice. Right. Okay. Well, um, in which case, that that was the update on Cully's charity stuffs for special effect. I do understand that Cully will be doing something else for Hearing Dogs, the second charity that we support, uh, sometime in the near future as well. So there will be more on that one for Hearing Dogs to give it a bit of a balance too. But in the meantime, I think it is time to go back to back to the running order because <laughs> we all got a bit uh, sixes and sevens. Then we're going to go back to. Galnet News now, so take it away, Palantir. Galnet News Digest, 15th of October 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup. Empire crushes Aquada rebels. Witchhead Thargoids get an alliance boot in the butt. Breaking the engineering mould. Spookily prescient news. Empire crushes Aquada rebels. There was concern on Wednesday that despite having clocked up far fewer victories and battles within the system, the Imperial Internal Security Service, in the guise of the regulatory state of Aquada, managed to capture or destroy all the megaships prepared by the Dudusekles Empire League to evacuate those suspected of being Marlinists from the system. Forces working for the IISS had it in a little over 9 billion credits of combat bonds, while those working to protect the Marlinists had it in more than 14 billion credits worth, half as much again. But of course it's far easier to destroy than defend, and there's no doubt that Petraeus's forces have dealt a massive blow to the Republicans of Aquada. There will be no convoy of megaships ferrying Marlinists to safety. Thousands of those seeking representation and more equitable distribution of wealth have been arrested already, and the IISS is scouring the system for more. The system will be full of prison ships for weeks to come, as the process of interrogating suspects gets underway. The IISS is also following up leads provided by engineer Liz Ryder, who claims she was duped by neo-Marlinist terrorists pretending to be anarchists from Ryder's own faction, the Arabia Blue Mafia. The pro-freedom factions in the Betis, Chana and Nahuatl systems must be wondering how long it will be before the IISS pays them a visit too. The terrorists who bombed starports and who assassinated Prince Harold Duval may live just long enough to regret those actions. 
which head Thargoids get an alliance boot in the butt. Suddenly, after more than a year of nearly total absence, the Thargoids are back in the Witchhead Nebula. And surprisingly, it's the Alliance that's working to head them off. The Alliance of Independent Systems has a bit of a reputation as a haven for Thargoid lovers and other independent thinkers, such as New World hippie chick Jasmina Halsey. The rumour was that the reason the Alliance set up shop in the Witchhead Nebula in the first place was that they discovered the space pumpkins there had psychoactive properties if dried and smoked. But now it's not the Empire, it's not the Federation, but the plucky little Alliance that has declared an initiative to wipe the Thargoids off the face of the Nebula all over again. The Golden Stag megaship is on station to process combat bombs for killing Thargoids, and the technology broker, at Bray Landing in Uangia, is offering special deals on Guardian weaponry. The initiative will attempt to clear whole systems of a Thargoid presence and ensure the continuing availability of meta-alloys for whatever it is humanity needs meta-alloys for. Breaking the Engineering Mould Engineer Liz Ryder broke with tradition last week when she granted many of those who'd helped her avoid the clutches of Imperial forces a double-engineered module. Not only do these 2BC commissile racks have a fully engineered high-capacity magazine with a thermal cascade experimental mount, they are also fully engineered lightweight with a mass of 0.4 tonnes, 90% less than the standard weight of such a module, and a power draw 20% better than the standard module. The high-capacity modification would normally increase mass to 6 tonnes and increase power draw by 20%, so this combination of attributes is almost miraculous. The only downside is a loss in module integrity. Fitting one of these reasonably effective missile racks to an ultra-lightweight exploration anaconda makes a negligible difference to the maximum jump range. So if Liz Ryder can do it, why not all the other engineers? Will Celine Jean be offering simultaneously heavy-duty and lightweight armour? Will Professor Palin offer simultaneously clean and dirty thruster modifications? Will the Dweller be offering us simultaneously engine-focused and weapon-focused power distributors. Look out for special offers from your friendly local engineer, quite possibly coming soon. Spookily prescient news. In a bid to impact productivity throughout the galaxy, the Pilots' Federation is planning to move its Monday lunchtime holovid stream to Tuesdays between 3pm and 4pm. The Pilots' Federation is also planning to celebrate the galaxy's love of witchcraft and devil-worshipping with a special event next week. So, if you know of any chocolate or sugar-based rare goods, you might like to get a preemptive cut-a-load of them to Pumpkin Orbital in the Witch's Cackle System in the Broomstick Nebula. But mind out, in case you're interdicted, by spider webs. <laughs> And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. And 
Amanda Wotherspoon, I've heard, smells of poo and wee. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Commanders Wotherspoon and Bealjude. I can't help but feel that your insights are always less about background simulation and more about foreground stimulation of the brain. You know, the, the prefrontal cortex. Ah, oh, you lot, your minds are in the gutter. <laughs> I knew I'd belong. Let's move swiftly on to a short sketch. And now, it's time for a quick peek behind the curtain. A series showing the lives of our radio crew when they're away from Studio 5. This time, it's... Snoz. Arvin's very own groom of the stool is a veritable eminence greasy, banished to work behind the scenes owing to the very specific terms of a court order that originated during a particularly vicious game of Cards Against Hutton one weekend. Commander Snoz works hard to keep our fluffy leader at the peak of his regal gorgeousness and only occasionally letting it slip that it's all about the bloody dog, but obviously never when any of Alvin's acolytes are near. After all, from where would Alvin get his doggy treats if Mike had to fill in an angry mob of villagers with torches and flaming pitchforks? Without further ado, it's over to the apology officer for the sports results. Hello and welcome to the blood, sweat, tears and overwhelming gin breath that is the Hutton Sports Report, sponsored by the Hutton Helper. Take two notepads into the cockpit? No, I have the Hutton Helper, so I just load and go. Here are our pick of the galaxy's least understood sports. Trust us, we know what we're doing, even if you haven't the slightest idea what we're on about. This week it's the turn of the novice and glorious Goodwood steeplechase, the heavyweight box carriers endurance trial, the Simouth Memorial Emission Runners Cup, the how much is this medal worth if I melt it down all in bounty trophy, the ever-popular My Word is My Bond, But I Prefer Cash, Bare Knuckle event, and the extraordinary rendition mission plaque. In the novice Goodwood, the novice and glorious Goodwood steeplechase, newcomer Numenor 1379, showed the old guard just how it's done, beating Bowl of Petunias and Chris Hankey by a large margin, not so much a photo finish, more time to paint a Numenor 1379's portrait in oils, take it home and hang it on the wall before the others cross the line. The heavyweight box carriers endurance trial was a sorry affair, with some showing up, shoving up against the rails, while more than one competitor had to be shown the yellow card for putting their foot in front of the oak, the oaky, when throwing their dart at the playing cards. We'll save everyone's blushes by not mentioning Montgomery Python or mind wipe. The Simouth Memorial Emission Runners Cup seems to have been a victim of nobbling this week. That's nobbling. Either that or someone used the wrong spreadsheet. The one that has the high scores on it seems to be missing. The how much is this medal worth if I melt it down all in bounty trophy 
or as we're learning to call it in the office, the Zuno, was won by, no, go on, you guess, I can wait. The result for the My Word Is My Bone But I Prefer Cash Bare Knuckle event means you don't have to wait long, as this was also won by Alex Zuno by half a length, but he won't say what it was he was measuring. There was a photo finish for second place where Daenerys narrowly defeated Kuroi Kitsume by two falls, a submission, submission, and by playing the Joker. The extraordinary rendition mission plaque goes to Skiara on their first outing, which should do wonders for their value at the stud. Uh, all of that means that it's time for the classified results. And remember, there's a special house prize for the first person to get a line, vertically or horizontally, and white always goes first. Numenor, 1379, 102. Bowl of Petunas, 32. Alex Zuno, 250. Attic 2, 97. Alex Zuno, again, 45. Daenerys, no mention. Skiara, 1015. Yurina Yoshida, 821. Musselburgh Athletic, 2. Burnt Island Shipyard, 2. Schrodinger's Kitties, maybe nil, maybe one. Heisenberg Principles, we're not sure. Oompa Loompa Thistle, 1. Flying Monkey Rovers, 3. So your pills coupon this week either has 2 score draws or 1 score draw and 1 no score draw or maybe just one score draw, depending on how the quantum particles collapse down to a single state when they interact with other particles. We've received word from Commander Brett Riverboat that he's fed up with giving house room to the fastest Hutton Run trophy, which he won when he managed the run to Hutton in 1 hour 22 minutes and 31 seconds. He says, please will someone get there? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't say that on the radio. Whatever it is, get it in gear and come up with the fastest time. Commander Bograt tried very hard and is the fastest so far this month, but that time was only the 70th, 70th fastest journey so far recorded. Commanders Numenor1379 and Skiara, please contact itookpart at huttonorbital.com to collect your well-deserved decals. This has been the Hutton Sports Report made possible by the generous donation of data to the Hutton Helper by commanders who went to hot.forthemug.com and downloaded or registered for the Hutton Helper, then went out into a majestic but cruel galaxy and showed it what a trucker can do. Thank you very much to the Apology Officer. Right, before we head over to the Galnet Food Digest, we have... Well, we normally have an advert. This one's not so much of an advert as just a bit of an old favourite of the show. Uh, it's our good friend, Percy Thrasher. Before the Galnet Food Digest. Good afternoon, truckers. Percy Thrasher here. Well, I'm not harvesting barnacles. I'm tuned in to Hutton Orbital on the wireless. If you've got marauders around your root vegetables, don't forget to apply a little bit of AX. Knocks them right out. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you 
don't have to. For our latest food report, we've travelled to the Hecate system, named for the ancient goddess of magic, the moon, witchcraft and the night. The system is anything but eerie and mysterious when you first arrive. Harrison XIII, or as the Romans used to say, 13, is a glowing jewel of a world. Only 500 light seconds or so from the arrival point and lightly terraformed to be suitable for human life. Under the guardianship of the Brotherhood of Terramater, a listed anarchy faction, the planet is rarely visited, but not just because of the volatile political situation. Covered in a mixture of land masses and oceans, the first thing you notice are the regular chains of islands dotted across the seas. At night, you can see them light up and sunsets are changed by smoke in the sky to eerie colours. The world is volcanically active, reminiscent of Earth in prehistoric times, before life left the oceans and set foot on land. It's in the oceans that we find this week's rare food, the Hecate sea worms. Dive below the surface of the ocean in your moray starboat, yes, they still have a handful in service on this world, and head towards one of the many tectonic plate margins, and the landscape becomes dotted with mysterious-looking columns, plumes of underwater smoke, and the light of lava breaking to the surface, bubbling and then rapidly cooling. As with primordial Earth, these thermal vents have naturally, and quite independently of the terraforming, uh, have spawned life. It's too dark down there for photosynthesis, but the rich minerals brought up to the planet's depths, plus the warmth and abundant hydrogen, allow for chemosynthesis, the creation of organic life from pure chemistry. In certain religions of the planet, these vents are sulfurous and the seas are far more salty than you'd find on Earth, but life thrives. Growing, swimming and evolving in a microcosm around the volcanic activity. On the hydrothermal vents, we find this week's food, Hecate sea worms. Not true worms, but life forms that grow directly from the vents themselves, mouths catching passing microscopic organisms, waving vigorously in the swirling hot water. And by hot, we mean scalding. These worms live in conditions that would kill most life as we know it, but soft as they are, they're undamaged by the temperatures or the salt. The seascape here is stunning, viewed through the tough screen of our submersible ship. The lights pick out strange creatures and astonishing geological features. Worm farmers use drones reinforced with the kinds of thermal protection you normally see in solar probes to harvest the worms, plucking them live from the rock face. Still alive, for they're hardy, they're brought ashore as food for island living communities. Healthy and nutritious, but they're not to everyone's taste. The sulfurous environment gives them a strong, eggy flavour, 
and the saltiness and aquatic nature a fishy undertone. For those who like a tuna niçoise or egg and cress sandwich, I'm sure that they're delicious, but they certainly aren't for everyone. To enjoy them properly, you'll need a strong stomach. The locals like to eat them whilst they're still alive. Yes, they're cooked, but the heat is there to kill any bacteria. The worms thrive on it. They're then fast cooled over ice before being served still alive on the plate. Scoffing down your first wriggling, eggy, fishy, fleshy worm is an interesting experience. The feeling in your belly, uh, as if you've eaten your third, is like nothing I've ever felt before. If you're not as hardy as the locals, you can try jellied Hecate worms, or even the pickled variety, and rumours are that looking moonshine specialists even preserve theirs, still alive, in bottles of alcohol, to keep them happy. However, for authenticity, I'm swallowing mine whole and hoping for the best. They are rare. With the terraforming complete, the world's volcanic activity is diminishing at a rapid pace. Mining firms have strip-mined the seabeds, hunting for rare metals, and there are only a small number of areas where the Hecate worms still survive. <laughs> As for the danger, I'll be brutally honest. After seeing a plate of these, I'm in sincere danger of being horribly, persistently and violently ill. After tasting them, I have adventurous tastes when it comes to rare foods, but this is just one step too far. A word of warning, don't try the ones that are from other vents. Rare minerals sometimes include radioactive ones and you wouldn't want to start glowing and floating around the room. Try one on a dare or visit for the hippie, authentic culinary experience. But trust me, unless you're planning an imperial orgy of strange foods, you're unlikely to gain any thanks from your guests. This is Amelia Hawke of the Galnet Food Digest. I'm off to find something really, really strong to drink that I can stop the wriggling and tickling I feel in my insides. Next week, I'm heading for something a lot more appetizing the gourmet cooking ingredient, Duringus truffles. Thank you very much, Amelia. Oh my goodness, I've seen I've seen the plate of these things. Wriggly, oh, wriggly. Oh dear. What what was the Klingon word for it? I think the apology officer knows. It's it was gah gah gah. I think it's the sound I make shortly after trying one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. they, they eat them still alive. For goodness' sake, I have. I mean, if they can survive all those temperatures and the, you know, the acidic seas and the sulfurous thing. Oh my goodness! How long do they take to digest? And do they keep wriggling? I mean, the idea. Oh my goodness! They do. Do they digest? Belly. Do they digest? Or do they just wait? 
They just wait and then <laughs> until swim then, down. The, and then they're extruded. Although they if, swim, if swim down drink, the porcelain. Yeah. If you drink copious amounts of alcohol, it makes them happy. Exactly. Just get them really, really drunk and they don't mind being swallowed by you. And you just have to hope you don't get one that's an angry drunk. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, because we know around those around those vents, it, it, it's um, it's acidic. Obviously, there's the sulfurous vents, so you, you end up with sort of sulfuric acid, so that mm. the water is uh, crikey um, around those ones. So yeah, it, it's um, but not as strong as stomach acids, apparently, which is how they digest. So they do, do digest a bit like with the almighty sarlacc, very, very slowly. <laughs> Over a thousand years. <laughs> yes, you won't need another meal for a while. In fact, you won't want another meal for a while. I, I, you know, I, some people like egg sandwiches. I'm not a fan, mm. and I'm I, really I not a fan of eggs on my salad either, with or without the tuna. Eggs and tuna sounds like a bit, bit of a strange one. I yeah. like eggs. I like tuna. Not not eggs and tuna together. No. <laughs> but obviously, I'm just oh my goodness, wiggly rather, wiggly worms on the plate. I just, yeah, all oh, things considered, thought, I'd rather have the gach. Yeah, exactly. Gach. Handfuls of gach. But yeah, the gach, um, gach and of course, is also eaten live. Yeah, yes. Well, yes. In fact, if it's you, not, complain. Yeah. yeah, I have heard Klingons complaining that this gach was half dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you don't want half dead wiggly worms on your. No, plate. no, no you they're probably not very well if they're half dead. On the basis, it takes an awful lot to kill them in the first place. If you're finding the half dead ones, there's something badly wrong. <laughs> but so, so yeah, Amelia. I mean, I'm sorry we sent you to somewhere with some quite. I mean, they're they're rare. Yes, they well, can you be have eaten. To ex- you have to experience yeah. these things. Oh, do we? Do we really? No, we we don't. <laughs> you do. No. You do. So, we don't. <laughs> so we don't. You have do to. so. But we don't have to. <laughs> the Daringa's truffles sound sound gorgeous. I love truffles. Truffles are. I mean, all kinds of truffles. There's so now, many. Are, out are there. these the mushroom kind or the chocolate kind? Oh no, they, they, these these are definitely the, the the organic the organic kind that you sort of shave over your over your Ooh, over your smelly ones. I'm looking forward to finding out what kind of animal is sent to dig them up. I was thinking that too. Um, is there such a thing as a Darungus pig? It's a space hog. <laughs> exactly. Well, in some places they use dogs rather than uh, rather than oh, pigs yeah. to stop the pig because pigs like to eat it. Dogs don't. It's in front. Yes, Mormon's box spaniels say. Yeah. <laughs> With the dogs. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, and, and the other ones, I mean, I, I have heard that they are a very familiar flavour, but, I mean, it is a very, very heady aroma you get off off uh, natural truffles. But, I mean, the, these truffles, I'm it's not going to spoil rich. it. Suffice to say, you've got to prepare them a little differently to the way you prepare the ones from Earth. But isn't that the same with every Galnet food digest we've <laughs> we've had? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, one of the wonderful things about the Galnet food digest is we get we get to go to these these systems, and while we're familiar with, you know, the 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 equivalent from Earth, you know, space gives us so much variety in the, in the natural world. We we've been to to, to caves growing, you know. Um, various you know, funguses planets whole planets covered in sort of various mycoids and um you know uh, mushrooms those kind of things we've seen giant beasts we've had killer plants the galaxy um, is my banquet mm. <laughs> oh yeah yeah do, I we, mean, there, do, we, this... do we get these cooked up locally or do we get one of the master chef clones to cook them up for us <laughs> uh, it depends <laughs> do... on the situation yeah, <laughs> we, we all. Amelia does like going in person to actually see how these are created and harvested, don't you? I mean, mm. you, you do like going to see, you know, how how the foods are actually, or from the origin of the foods, you know, how how they're actually uh, farmed. Yes, sometimes it's the, there's a an on-site chef, and sometimes it's the natives uh, because the natives know best. 
Oh yeah. But, but I mean, what, what was it the other day that was that was a bit a bit like fugu? You know, if you didn't prepare it properly, that's it, game over. <laughs> uh, there's been a number of things that we've done like that. <laughs> well, yeah, they are the most dangerous. I mean, they're they're rare. I mean, it's a good thing they're rare because they are all very dangerous. These foods. That this one isn't <coughs> so much dangerous as well a da- dangerous for your constitution if you take one look at it. I mean, is it one of those ones a bit like what what, what is the what's the what's the French one where you put your head your blanket over your head when you eat eat these things? So that's oh, that's um, sparrows, isn't it? It's a baby chicken, and oh, what they do oh. is they force feed them uh, oh, corn. It's horrible, and then they drown them in cognac before cooking them. And then you have to yeah. put a blanket over your head in order to eat them. Um, actually, yeah. no, I don't. I don't think they cook them. Actually, I think it's just they drown oh, them in don't, cognac don't, and oh. eat it raw. But they they, <laughs> they keep them in a box so that they're unable to move. So that that they just unfortunately human that corn. beings are terrible, aren't we? I mean, no wonder um, Tharg the Mighty's upset with everybody. Yeah. You know, I cannot remember the name of it. Okay. I don't know, but I know you eat the whole thing. The whole thing is in one go, doesn't it? And you you get the bones and everything. Right. As, uh, you can see. That's oh, why. Yes. That's why you have the hanky over your head. <laughs> I, I'm I, sure. Last time I had a hanky over this. my head. Anyway, that's that's. But the thing is, they're they're illegal to buy as a food. So what restaurants have they found a loophole where um you order a very specific bottle of wine that is incredibly expensive and then you get these free with the wine so human beings are just terrible aren't we when all said and done i'd rather have a bag of chips and a can of iron brew <laughs> deep fried iron brew with a deep fried yeah. iron brew yep yep <laughs> can you use it as a cooking ingredient iron, iron brew? brew no because it eats through your pan <laughs> I mean, it gives everything a lovely colour, sort of an orange colour. People it? have. I was reading one of J.D. Kirk's books, and I think he must have sourced this for reality, but there was a butcher shop in uh, in one of the stories, there was a butcher shop that was selling iron brew sausages. Oh, well, J.D. Kirk is actually, actually Barry. a pseudonym. It's, it's Barry, isn't it? Yeah, Barry Hutchison, who writes Barry Hutchison. Space Team. Who did a few special things for our show or oh, months and months ago now? Uh, J.D. Kirk is his pseudonym for his detective stories. Yes, yes. But we are uh, promised. We are promised there are some more space team coming as oh, well. Good. But, Soon. Brackets, yeah. Iron, iron brew sausages. You mentioned iron those. brew sausages. Yeah. Made in Scotland from pig's Be- girders. Beef links with <laughs> an orangey tinge. Do you know? I'm I'm fascinated by that idea, Amelia. Yes. Are you going to go and try some iron brew sausages for us? I will give them a go. Um, I'll see if I can find them. Have you got I'll a recipe? So- no, it wasn't a recipe. It was just it, they were just mentioned in a book. <laughs> iron brew sausages. What soak the pork? Well, according iron according brew to before. Barry, they might have been according beef. to Barry. They're legit. Are they legit? According to Barry, they are absolutely legit. Oh, have you messaged them? Oh, you put it up on his um, on his uh, Facebook page where oh, he right. chatters to everybody. It's a oh, very right. strange place, by the way. Team Space Team is a very, very strange place. They have a habit of licking each other a lot. Yeah. JD Kirk looks are much more sensible. Oh, yeah. Well, there's still the same kind of... A bit of his sense of humour comes through. Oh, his humour comes through in the books. No, I mean, on the, the JD Kirk books Facebook page, the people on there tend to be a bit more sensible. Oh, they think the Team Space Team lot are weird. <laughs> what about marinating? Well, in iron bread. marinated mm. in iron bread. yeah yeah could be could be i mean i suppose you could make your bachelor I mean, super noodles in it i was gonna say they, they do duck orange why not mm-hmm. oh, duck God. la iron brew yeah <laughs> chicken nuggets a la iron brew you mean yeah oh yeah 
And you get, uh, I've, I've been seeing adverts on Facebook for Iron Brew Lip Balm. Oh dear, that's that's a, a nice <laughs> yeah, one. Wouldn't suit that's, forget, uh, it? Yeah, that's one for the the Galnet Food Digest, right there. What, what would it be? Duck down fusion de fer, I'd imagine. There you go. <laughs> fusion de fer. And I'm going to apologise to, to Commander Fosdyke if Commander Fosdyke is listening. Being actually French, our mangling of the French language is, you know, yes. <clears throat> terrible. Um, you see, I, I get that Did you see our mangling? You didn't I, see our mangling. Oh. I murder the French language the quite frequently. Oh, yeah. Because my other yes. half is French. Yes, Sandrine. Well, I, I've missed talking to you guys this Tuesday. Obviously, uh, tomorrow is Tuesday, which tomorrow is fantastic. Tomorrow is Tuesday, yes. Assuming my battle cards have arrived, if I'm sat by the front door waiting for the battle cards that were supposed to come today to come, then, then I'm just going to be yelling chance, up the stairs, guys, do, just, just do it without me. I'm waiting for my battle cards. <laughs> um, just remember, I'm one day ahead of you, and I don't have mine yet. Ah, oh dear. Well, look, um, we're hoping everybody's enjoying their battle cards and they're enjoying the Thargoids. There's lots and lots to get on with at the moment. So, the real quick recap before we go. You've got Operation Wolf that isn't for Wolf anymore. It's for Narenses. So, if you like war, okay. in a couple of days we've got war. There's Barnard's Star, where there are pirates about. If you like bounty hunting, go to Barnard's Star. I then there are Thargoids over in the Witchhead Nebula. The Ruby 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 has now left and taken a... A big wing of commanders over to go and lend a hand over in the Witchhead Nebula. Ooh, so there's anti-Thargoid operations going on, which is also a CG, as Flossie says, and you get stuff at the end of it. Don't shoot um, the flower people. Don't shoot the flower people, not unless they shoot you first. Um, yeah. Then we've got, obviously, racing with the buckyballers. We've got speedball stuff. Um, oh, there's just countless, countless things going on at the moment. So basically, turn up and just say, hey, what's going on today? And we'll point you in the right direction. It's the best way. It's the, it's the Hutton way. And do it with friends. Anyway, does anybody have anything else before we close out the show for the evening? For the mug? For, for the, the mug. mug. For the mug. And good night to everybody and thank you to the team. For the mug. For the mug! That's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so... No journey too long and no cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere Loading up the T-Nines to the brim with grass To the sun, Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody yells. Father Mac, Father Mac, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mac, Father Mac, now everybody sing the Hut and Trucker song. Father Mac, Father Mac, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mac. Sing the hood and truck a song. 
sing you my song. No parts when it's too light, years to go. Cruising to Hudson, whoa, whoa, whoa. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Follow the follow the Just where I'm coming from Father Bird, Father Bird Now everybody sing the heart and drop the song Father Bird, Father Bird Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from Father Bird, Father Bird Now everybody sing the heart and drop the song 